0: The Ontario, or sorry, our public uh, safety minister, Ralph Goodale, has admitted that the likelihood of successfully reintegrating ISIS fighters into our country is pretty remote. Uh, What do we do with returning ISIS fighters? Let's bring in Lauren Dawson, professor at the University of Waterloo, director of TSAS, Canadian Network for Research on Terrorism, Security and Society, and on the line with us now. Hello, Lauren. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Oh, pleased to be here. So, uh, when we hear of ISIS fighters, we, we, we've been dealing with this problem for the last several years now, uh, many concerned over those that are going back and forth. What does it say when the safety minister, safety minister says that rehabilitation is pretty remote? How does that change the discussion?
1: Well, I mean, I think he's saying that just because it's sort of the politically appropriate thing to say to, to cover his bases. And... and In current conditions in Canada, it might be somewhat remote because we don't really have the programming in place in a full-fledged sense that some other countries in the world do, like Denmark, Germany, and the United Kingdom. Uh, But we do have some programming in place in Canada that might be useful in this regard. I mean, the issue that everyone's debating right now is, is you know, how many do we have back? And I think I would say the number is a lot smaller than what the government's saying. It's probably like maybe a dozen individuals that have actually come back from Syria and Iraq, right? Individuals really coming back from a combat zone. And... Um, When they come back, we have a couple options, right? We can, of course, try and arrest them and prosecute them, but uh, all the authorities will tell you that that's a really difficult job and that it'll be very, very hard to actually successfully prosecute most of these individuals for reasons we can talk about. So you can't really get at it by arresting them all and putting them all in jail. We can't surveil them forever either because it's astronomically expensive to do that. And how long are you going to do it? For a year, two years, three years? You know, record shows that many individuals have been under surveillance and then as soon as the surveillance stops, they actually engage in a terrorist act. So I've just been arguing that realistically, for at least for some of these people, we're going to have no option. We either do nothing with them or we better figure out some programming.
0: Uh, if you do prosecute, and as you mentioned, that's pretty tough to do, but if you do, what's the penalty? What what, what happens then? They're in prison. If they're not being uh, rehabilitated outside of jail, how are they going to be rehabilitated inside a prison?
1: Well, and they won't be. In Canada right now, there are no programs available to, I think there's about 13 individuals. It's starting to change a bit now because we actually have some individuals that have been released on parole but uh, 13, I think, overall Canadians have been actually, uh, you know, sentenced to prison for terrorist offences. And none of them have received any programming to rehabilitate them at all. Uh, they're usually not. Uh, see, the irony is they're not usually the kind of candidates even available for conventional rehabilitative programming because as Corrections Canada's own research, published research, shows they're not like the rest of the prisoners. They don't have drug addiction problems, they don't have alcohol problems, they really haven't been involved in crime before, they're better educated, they're actually model prisoners, they tend to you know, follow all the rules and regulations well. So the limited programming available is really not appropriate for them. And uh, there are many of them until recently were kept in kept in strict segregation, meaning 23 hours a day in their cell, which meant they couldn't attend programming even if they wanted to. So we're not doing anything. We're just letting them serve out their terms and then releasing them under normal parole conditions. How long would these terms be? Well, most of the people have life terms. I mean, it varies from case to case. But even a life term, given that they're model prisoners, in mm. fact, most of them are getting out after about 7 to 12 years. How do you rehabilitate somebody like
0: this? How do you tell, How can you tell if, if they've gone too far, past the point of no return?
1: Well, it's very, very tricky, but there are programs in place in, as I say, United Kingdom and in definitely in Denmark and in some places in Germany because they have a decentralized system. So like in Berlin, the city of Berlin, there's programs in place where they use, are using assessment tools. But mainly, of course, you have to get them into contact with mentors, with people who can interact with them at some length of time, really get to know them, and get a sense of if they, you're not going to do any of this unless someone's already expressing some degree of, you know, remorse and desire to change their ways. Mm-hmm. That's what opens it up. And then you have to assess this is sincere. Well, it's as in the case of any criminal, that assessment of sincerity is a difficult one, but one we're asked to make all the time in parole systems and in, in courts, in sentencing people as well.